0: First off, do you know any magic tricks? No, no, I don't know any magic tricks. (laughs) You are a magic trick. I can make an eight inch (laughs) disappear. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Having said that, hello, 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 squirrel <laughs> friends. I'm John Holly, a producer on RuPaul's Drag Race and a Drag Race historian, which is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And welcome to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, or as we like to call it,
2: she's already the have herses.
1: How do you feel about hearse?s Have
0: Uh, you ridden in hearses? (laughs) I've never ridden in a hearse, but I rode on top of a hearse. Um, For Gay Pride one year, we we kind of dropped the ball on getting our float together. So at the last minute, we got a hearse, and we all just rode on top of it and (laughs) waved a banner that said... um, Death to discrimination. I don't know. We really pulled it out of our ass that year. <laughs> I think that sounds
1: marvelous. So, well, then you don't already had your hearses. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by World of Wonder and VH1, this podcast takes you deep inside the big pink furry box that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Each week, I'm joined by show insiders, judges, and the queens who have made herstory to talk about this new 11-gendary season and their experience on the show. So thank you for listening. And warning, kitty girls, there will be spoilers in this episode. So don't be gagging, so we warn you every ball. (laughs) And if you haven't seen this week's episode yet, please make sure you watch RuPaul's Drag Race every Thursday at 9, 8 Central on VH1 and also available depending on your territory, wherever you are in the world, all on maupersons Plus. This week, I am joined by, I have in boldface written here, the most amazing queen to ever walk the Drag Race stage.
0: <laughs> you say that about every guest, I don't do you?
1: <laughs> She's a vaudevillian. She's a ginger who's been known to snap. <laughs> she paused by the workroom at Drag Race just occasionally to check in on the girls and their snatch game plans, and she's been slapped. Correct me if I'm wrong. Slapped by Aquaria. Yeah, <laughs> right across the face. It's you know she people slapped, pay for that. She slapped me like I owed
0: her money. It was <laughs> terrible.
1: She is the winner of season five and just one of the most talented people in the universe. Jinx Monsoon.
0: Hi. Hi, John. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Ah,
1: this is this is completely an honor. So, do you how do you feel about magic shows?
0: I have seen a few in my days. I, I I like more like street magicians who just come up to you and like shock you with yes. like um, magic tricks you didn't ask for, I guess. <laughs> um, I actually used to have back in the old, old days of my cabaret career, mm-hmm. way before drag race, um, my music partner, Major Scales and I used to perform in a piano bar. So, um, you know, people came to hear our music Or they came to eat dinner and then were (laughs) affronted with our music. We were tolerated, though. That's the main thing. Uh, And we had a a magician open for us um, for a few of our shows and he was a great magician and a really nice person but sometimes i mean they paid us in free drinks and sometimes he would dip into his fee a little early (laughs) and i would watch as he would drunkenly ruin all of his tricks (laughs) which was almost just as entertaining
1: yeah i also want to compliment you on your appearance in the snatch game episode
0: yeah Yes, Jiggs Monsoon is here. Oh, you all look absolutely fantastic, honestly. <laughs>
1: it was so fun to see you on the TV with the girls with Ru. Did you have fun?
0: I had so much fun, but I was probably as anxious as I've ever been in that workroom. <gasps> Maybe even more so than when I um, <laughs> competed because I was working alongside RuPaul mm-hmm. and people were looking at me to give them, you know, sage advice. Um, I felt the pressure to like, you know, I wanted to give good advice. I also wanted to be entertaining. I also didn't want to accidentally say something, um, you know, stepping out of line. So or a queen, uh, a
1: queen just suddenly falls apart.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I. But I had so much fun and I got to say working with RuPaul that day was just so wonderful because, you know, he's out of drag. I'm in drag. So All throughout the episode, like walking down the stairs, he put his hand out for me and even said before we walked into the workroom, I'll walk down the stairs, I'll introduce you, then I'll give you my hand because you're a lady, you're a delicate little lady, and I'll help you down the stairs. (laughs) And he did. He treated me like a delicate flower the whole day. And then um, after we were done in the workroom... Um, they were unmiking me and stuff and Rue waited around because it was a scorcher that day and Mm -hmm. Rue waited around with his umbrella so that we could walk back to the dressing rooms together under his umbrella. So I didn't have to walk in the sun and hurt my alabaster complexion. (laughs) That is so sweet. (laughs) It was really sweet. It was a great day.
1: Ah, we were excited to have you on the set and Um. the Queens were excited because also they get to, you know, have a rapport with you. It's Mm -hmm. different than like, you know, they, they obviously do walkthroughs with Rue, but talking to a fellow queen and someone who's had success is, you know, is is gratifying for them and educational and helpful. And I think probably it just makes them feel good too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have a negative experience with any of the queens. Um, but did you give
1: Silky your phone number?
0: I didn't because <laughs> she doesn't have a phone in she's the workroom. Tra- she's she would have like lost that? it, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I I don't know. This is really cheesy and um. <laughs> but every time they announce the new cast of girls, yeah. as soon as it's announced, I, I I write them all a message on Instagram or Twitter. Aww. I write every girl a message saying, you know, welcome. If you ever need me, here's a way to contact me. Because
1: that is so cool. It
0: was the Queens who reached out to me my season a that like made me feel like I was, you know, being brought into this sisterhood and like, I wasn't having to do anything alone because I had these other girls who had already been through it, who are willing to like, you know, give me their advice. But then also those are the friends that I've maintained friendships with throughout the years that have been very important to me.
1: Who, um, there's probably too many to list, but who, who reached out to you?
0: Um, Manila and I just kept crossing paths really early on and she got her cracks in about my, my makeup on my season (laughs) right away. But we immediately started getting along and now we've remained really good friends. And, um, Madam Laqueer, I think was the first person to reach out to me. I love that. And then Chad Michaels just immediately, it was like she immediately just stepped into the role as a, a, as a, you know, um, a sage elder um taking me under her wing and treating me like a little a little darling baby of hers
1: (laughs) she would eat the food and then spit it in your mouth
0: (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't eat
1: i'm sorry (laughs) wrong okay let's get into this episode so as this episode begins um plastique has departed Mm -hmm. and the other then you know they're all reflecting on the last challenge and nina's feeling that brooklyn kind of like talked her into playing like the the lesser character in the sketch they had and she feels a little overshadowed by someone Mm -hmm. does that happen on Drag Race do you kind of end up like sacrificing yourself or like get railroaded or whatever I'm sure it's complicated it's personalities it's challenges I think there's just a lot of things, you know, because
0: when you, first of all, I hated working in groups because I'm a Virgo and I'm a control freak. (laughs) And when there's a prize on the line, you know, I can get pretty competitive. And when I'm working alone, I know that the only person I have to worry about is myself. When you work in a group, you never know if it's going to be like, are we going to be judged as a group? or Are we going to be judged individually? So you're constantly walking that tightrope between wanting to stand out yourself, but then also wanting to support the group that you're in. yeah. So I get the frustration. I honestly, at this point, I give both of them the benefit of the doubt. Neither of them have displayed that they're malicious people. (laughs) Neither of them have acted, you know, like a terrible bitch this season. (laughs) So I think sometimes it's like we forget a person's body of work the second they do something we don't agree with. Sure. So if Brooklyn came off a little... You know, a little high and mighty in, in, in those moments, you know, like talking about herself and how yeah. well she did. I don't think it was malicious because she hasn't shown herself to right, be right, that right. person. I think it was just she was so proud of herself after being in the bottom, you know, the week before, and then being in the top this week. She was just so focused on her success that maybe she forgot to throw a little love Nina's
1: way. Right. She was maybe, <laughs> yeah, she's probably just like thrilled and shocked that like she did this, she did so well. And yeah. like, who wouldn't want to celebrate that? Yeah. Three queens now have two wins. Mm -hmm. Akeria Brooklyn and Silky who's do you have a front runner um I mean there's still plenty other queens in the competition too you know the whole show I have (laughs) been all about
0: Evie Mm -hmm. and um that's Evie. that's her next one, one, <laughs> one woman show. Um, Evie really thrills me and excites me. But in these last few episodes, I'm I'm really seeing myself loving Brooklyn Heights, mm-hmm. and um, I really just adore Nina. Yeah. I think, and Nina is such a good representation of a specific style of drag that I think is kind of being pushed to the background a little bit now, mm-hmm. as the 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 fan base becomes younger and younger each year. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much emphasis on social media and, and, you know, beauty and glamour and upalance. And I, <laughs> I think that, you know, the kids are a little less, they're a little less aware of the kind of like campy old school drag yeah. that still exists. Yeah. Which and Nina
1: I, is such a good, a good like ambassador of.
0: Which I, I love Nina because she's not only staying true to her style of drag, but she's doing well, yeah, she's not just like being stubborn and being like, "I'm old school, I'm camp, this is the way I do it. Yeah. She's actually like earning the right to be boastful of yeah. her talents because she's doing so well in the
1: competition, so yeah. those are my current top three. I like it, and of course, vangie's still trying to figure out how to ch- channel her Vanginess. yeah, I think um the judges want more
0: variety, I think the best example <laughs> of where she should learn to know when to use unadulterated, uncut Vanjie. Um, You know, she did Snatch Game, and yeah. there was that feud between Ross and Michelle, and Ross is like, but she's so entertaining. I'd yeah. watch that. And then Michelle goes, but that wasn't the challenge. The challenge was to be someone yeah. else, not Vangie. So I think that's a pretty good example. Sure. In In acting school, they always told us, like, you know, we're not here to get rid of your idiosyncrasies, you know, like um, I had uh, a lisp when I started mm-hmm. in acting school and they made me take, um, you know, tutoring to kind of neutralize my my speaking voice. And they were saying, we're not trying to get rid of something that's essential to you. We're trying to give you the control right. to decide when you want to use that and when you um, want to use something else Yeah, so that you can turn your idiosyncrasies into a tool rather than a... a a crutch or an anchor.
3: Right.
1: <laughs> S- scooching along, Rube um, pops up and she'd already had a hearses message and we can tell right away there's, it's, you know, my magical queens, hocus pocus, ready to steal <laughs> focus. We know where this is going. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alakazam, bibbidi-bobbidi-roo. She walks in and then we get one of those mini challenges that's just like a little beefcake parade. Mm-hmm. The, there's like a pit crew and more pit crew and more <laughs> pit crew and they're going to play balls to the wall, which yeah. is, which is, what are they doing? they're moving balls from one end of the room
0: to the other without using their hands like body parts so, and butt cheeks and shoulders and... together yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah now you guys had to watch a packing like challenge yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like We're, who who was met wearing matching underpants yeah 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 yes
0: um these pit crew challenges these mini challenges <laughs> with the pit crew um i, I just i was a little uncomfortable, not because I'm uncomfortable with sexuality or anything or not because the boys weren't gorgeous. It was because I had been held in captivity for Uh so long yeah, and I hadn't been put on a mating program. So, (laughs) um, I was so worried that I would just be caught like drooling or staring or, um, God forbid, you know, in a compromising uh, position, (laughs) you know, Eh. you know,
1: that could be the winner.
0: There you go. <laughs> but um my favorite Pit Crew person to this day um is Sean. He wasn't yeah. on the show for a while. He's back on. Yeah. He's the one with the tattoos who's infamous for his his musk. Yeah. But for me, <laughs> anytime the Pit Crew were in the room, I would try to get really close to Sean because smelling his 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 man scent. Uh-huh. Um, his body odor made me less homesick for Seattle, you know, <laughs> the land so of zero deodorant. So.
1: <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. And like the girls are moving. They get paired up with different guys and they're moving their like, balls to the wall. And mm-hmm. it's very silly. And Silky, she's paired with Sean and she picks him up. Yeah. Silky's picking
0: up a lot of people this season. (laughs) I'm actually now a little offended she didn't try to pick me up when I was there.
1: (laughs) She's the first of season 11.
0: Yeah, I guess the only thing that's different between her and Mimi is no one she's picked up has been in drag in the middle of a lip sync for their life, (laughs) I guess. But I mean, she picked up Miley Cyrus. Oh
1: my God. Yes, she did. Do you think
0: anyone was worried about Miley's safety in that moment? I think everyone was worried about
1: (laughs) Miley's safety. And I think everyone was immediately thankful. It was like that first like five seconds of like, oh, what is she oh my god and like okay Miley seems okay with this let's hope she truly is and she seemed, she seemed to have a fun she oh, yeah. seemed to have a good time
0: Miley in disguise I think is my favorite thing I've seen on drag race to date the fact that they disguised Miley and she was just roaming around the workroom and she committed to her role yeah. so yeah. well I mean she was adorable. Adorable. And my I mean she had elements of Amanda Bynes in um she's the man. Um but she uh oh, oh my gosh, I tweeted about it yeah. saying how much I loved it and then she responded to one of my pictures on Instagram <laughs> that had nothing to do with her that just said thanks for that tweet and I was like thanks Oh my God! Miley Cyrus saw my tweet about her. She was just trolling
1: your Instagram, (laughs) hanging out. While like she's in like in a sorry, here's here's where mine goes. While she's in a bathtub with like Liam Hemsworth or something, you know visuals. Anyway, sorry. Are
0: the Hemsworths like the three-headed dog that guards the gates of hell in Greek mythology? Are like there's three of them, right? Yes, yes. I'm just gonna start calling them Cerberus from now on.
1: Yeah, there's the one on Westworld who's like Mm -hmm. I was to say the normal-looking one who's just not is like who's who's very nice-looking. Who's not
0: a Norse god, right? Exactly.
1: And then there's Thor, and then there's Miley's husband. Do you think?
0: Do you think if one of them got slain, that three more would pop up in there? I'm just stuck on. This Greek mythology. I don't path. know, but
1: I I don't want anything to get slain. But I like the idea of three more. Three more pop. Hemsworths. Yeah, yeah. Just bring them on. Like Gremlins, they multiply. <laughs> what was your favorite mini challenge that you did? You had a water. You had a water tank. Probably not your favorite. That was um, my least favorite.
0: But I'm glad it was at the beginning and we got it out of the way. Yeah. Um. I guess mine was the um the Soul Train uh, challenge yes. when we were all dancing together.
3: Jinx,
2: mazu. Because
0: it's so fun to watch when RuPaul is just moved to dance along with us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was just gra- grateful for any moments where I felt like, even though there's a ton of cameras, even though we're in the middle of a competition, yeah. I had these little moments with Ru throughout my season where I felt like this is just me, mm-hmm. Jarek Hoffer, mm-hmm. and RuPaul Charles. Having a little bit of fun together in the middle of the most stressful thing I've ever done, <laughs> you
2: know, you need that.
0: Yeah, that's important.
2: <laughs> I'm determined, and I know how to work these balls, baby. Wait, bitch, where we going? Hold on, Mary. Well,
1: Vanji wins this mini challenge mm-hmm. just because she she not only like can move balls well with another boy, she she also could just you know is Vanji while she's doing it.
0: Have you noticed that any time I've noticed on the last few episodes, any time is saying something, they cut to Brooklyn for a reaction and vice. <laughs> versa and then especially when there are all these like naked boys in the room right. they kept checking in with each other as if they're already married and we're like, I know. following I, that storyline like, why don't
1: you just go ahead and put like a rolling pin in Vandy's hand <laughs> to play like the like the, the jealous wife <laughs>
3: yes. <just> scampering around <laughs>
1: I mean, Vanjie wins, Rue announces. You need to
2: razzle-dazzle, mystify, and amaze as you star in your very own magic show.
1: Vanjie won the (laughs) mini challenge, so she gets to pick her teammates, and Mm -hmm. she chooses her dream girls, her besties, Silky, Akira. And then she chooses Evie, which I was like, oh, I guess mm-hmm. they, I get, they're they're getting along now. Yeah. Um, or she just, you know, as as, as Rue said, oh she's playing the race card. I don't <laughs> know. Um, leaving the other team with Brooklyn, Nina, and Sugar. So who would you have chosen for your team?
0: My dream team would have been um Evie, Nina, and Brooklyn, my my mm-hmm. personal top three right now. Because.
1: Just because you like tall people.
0: That, no. <laughs> I, I just feel like it, the four of us, um, well, I don't know. It's hard to say who I would choose, yeah. not having, you know, like, yeah. since I saw who did well in it. Of course. But I like that. Brooklyn and Nina are so different, but worked really cohesively. Yeah. And Sugar was very cohesive. The team was tight and right, yeah. and they had everything they needed to do super well. And yeah. I mean, I think the downfall with the other team was it was too many big personalities looking out for number one, you yeah. know? yeah. Because when you improv, if you're going to improv with a group of four, Uh you've got to know when to step back and let someone else take over. You've got to, like, wait for the right moment to jump in. And you don't always know that. So Mm -hmm. I just like I liked the girls who
1: rehearsed. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We'll get to more of that in a minute. Um, We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some classic drag race tricks. And I'm not talking about that guy you hooked up with on the haters roast in Toronto. Boom. Did I tell you that story? No, I just I, I just made I just it uh, wasn't
0: the haters roast, but I did hook up with a guy in Toronto and it was a very memorable experience.
1: Everyone's Canadians, come on. It's coming! RuPaul's Drag LA is just around the corner at the LA Convention Center on May 24th, 25th, and 26th. So get ready! Come and meet and get sweet with every queen from season 11 and about a jillion more. Akiria C. E. Davenport, Acid Betty, Adore Delano, Asia, Alaska, Aquaria, Ariel Versace, Asia O'Hara, and that's just the A's. There will be amazing vendors, performances, fun panels like UnLive, Trinity the Tuck giving Carson Kressley a drag makeover, and our drag eye for the queer. I show, and you can even see me doing a live version of this podcast, and just hang out and prance around with other beautiful fans and folks like yourself. It really is the dragdiest place on earth. Get tickets and learn more at RuPaul'sDragCon.com. And P.S. DragCon New York is coming to the Jacob Javits Convention Center on September sixth, seventh, and eighth. Ooh, honey, so much drag! Get all the tea at RuPaul'sDragCon.com. Yes, tea and tickets at RuPaul'sDragCon.com. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, we're back, and it's time now for a trivia game I'm calling Presto Chain Joe. It's questions about reveals and transformations. Okay. Okay, this, so I'll give you the clue and you try to tell me who it is. This season seven queen (laughs) made the judge's jaws drop with her tartan two-in-one look. That's Violet Chachki. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This reveal was met with some technical difficulties before Mother officially arrived. (laughs) That is, um,
0: why am I forgetting? Oh, my God, it's, um, oh, my God, it's... I know you
1: can name what her headpiece was called.
0: Why well, It's vivacious. It's vivacious. <laughs> I had to say Ornacea to remember vivacious. Exactly. That's That's scary. Yeah, they, are,
1: they are forever linked. Okay. <laughs> this queen was the first to do a wig reveal on the Drag Race main stage. <sighs> that's my sister, Roxy Andrews. Yeah, and a I, I, I follow-up question. You were standing in the back of the stage watching all of this unfold, and that was there was so much being mm-hmm. revealed in that mm-hmm. in that whole like uh, lip syncs moment and lead up, which what was it like being in the back of that stage for for her breakdown, her the lip mm-hmm. sync it was epic.
0: Um, I mean that whole day, I I feel like I was just in a trance the whole time <laughs> because I mean, truth be told, at that point in time, Roxy and I were starting to get a little competitive with each other. <laughs> totally. So there was a part of me that was like this could be it. She could go home and I won't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> but then when she's, when both her and Alyssa stayed, I was like, that was the right choice. Yeah. And, you know, competing against Roxy kept me on my toes. And I yeah. think it was, I think having Roxy's energy in the room kept me at the top of my game. And Roxy and I are tight now, you know, we're oh, really good friends. We were good friends throughout the filming too, yeah. you know, cause while we while the competition is real um we also all had to eat dinner together every night so we had to put it to bed at the yeah. end of the day and just be people again yeah. and so you know, um, hearing that story of Roxy's and, and watching her get to stay after completely slaying the lip, stin- uh, li- yeah. lip stink, lip <laughs> after slaying the lip sync and doing the first ever wig reveal, I remember watching her hands go up to her head and I was like, what could this be? Because Roxy is not the girl who's going to throw off her right, wig right. or her shoes or anything else, yeah. you know? <laughs> and um, when I saw this second wig underneath, it was like, that's, that's, that's why Roxy's here right now.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> the second wig was huge. Yeah, It was like voluminous. Well, it I was... mean,
0: Roxy is no I mean, she's just so talented when it comes to creating her own drag, when it comes yeah. to wigs. And she sewed a lot of her costumes on the spot our season, like she brought costumes to wear. And then that day would decide she wanted to make something new. And that's a talent I don't have. (laughs) So it was the talent I was most envious of in her.
1: (laughs) Okay. Back to our little challenge. This queen transformed from a crazy eyed convict to a Broadway musical legend in front of our very eyes. That is Bob, the drag queen. Yes. And the characters were Uzo Aduba and Carol Channing. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And then for our next trick, this one is all about song a woman in half. Now, <laughs> One year we had an entire queen joined Queens mm-hmm. makeovers challenge. Yes. The Queens came back and they were connected to each other. Do you remember who won that challenge?
0: Oh, um, Pearl and Trixie. Yes, yes. Yes.
1: And one pair of Queens in the lip sync surgically remove themselves from one another. Do you remember who that was? That was Ginger and Sasha Bell. Yes. Yes. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. And then a pair of Drag Race luminaries reprised that look at the finale. It was Benda LeCreme and Michelle Visage. Yes! Yes! Yes. That is our saw woman in half for <laughs> conjoined queen <clean> boobs <laughs> quiz for the day. Thank you very much. Okay, so back to the episode. Rue shows up for the walkthrough and, you know, asks Brooklyn when I mean, Brooklyn's paired up with Nina, like, oh, you mad that Angie didn't choose you. Brooklyn's smarter than
3: that. It's like, mm-hmm. honey, this is work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think
0: everyone's expecting them to get um jealous or upset if they're not paired together yeah. but they came there for the competition yeah. you know the romance is just an added bonus so i think yeah. they're both you know laser focused on <laughs> yeah. who would ever try to start a romance in the workroom who would even yeah. do that
1: i don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> so how's ivy winters these days
0: married <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Married and living on a farm Really? (laughs) She lives on a farm She makes hot air balloons um, For her current day job Okay, that makes
1: so much sense uh,
0: Ivy does everything She makes her own pickles She makes her own booze I think she's been doing like weed infused things She makes erotic stained glass art She makes her own puppets She is one of the most creative, um, talented
1: queens Is she like (laughs) in upstate New York or where is she? Michigan Michigan, really? Michigan, yeah Oh, see that's like Kind of my dream It's like oh sure Work in a big city And media and stuff And then you know what I'm going to go live On a farm in Michigan And make hot air balloons And like She just seems so content pickles. And so
0: happy And her and her husband Are just the best people Good. When they got married I was going to get them A goat for their farm <laughs> But she told me to wait Until they were ready To take care of a goat And I'm still waiting Because I am getting Them that goat Get <laughs> like... a goat
1: <laughs> feel, Let them feel their goats yeah. Sorry <laughs> So the Queen's uh, Anyway Queen's they got a rehearsal. They got a magic show to do. There's a nice magician on 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 the set. Kyle Marlett is his name. He walks them through the paces, and it's funny because he can't really show how to do the tricks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I'm watching this because I remember when we were making there, like, oh, how much can they show? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, magicians are very guarded about their uh-huh. about their tricks. So it's it's funny to kind of see them instantly doing tricks or stumbling a bit, but. What magic trick would you want to do?
0: I would have wanted to do the um, the sword swallowing or balloon swallowing. Yeah. I still don't know how how she did that. I think I think I could make the biggest bit out of that. <laughs> also, it's it's hey, just a talent that, right. I already have, so Hello. I wouldn't even need to do a trick. I would just literally deep throat the balloon.
1: <laughs> they go back to the workroom and Vangie's team. They just want to free free form the whole thing. They don't really want a yeah. script, which. I get it. Your big personality is, oh, I do what mm-hmm. I do and I just do it off the cuff and I'm great at it. But immediately that's a red flag, right? Yeah, I think what it is, is, I mean, each of these
0: girls were probably so confident in their improv skills as a solo act yeah. that they weren't thinking about what it would mean to improv with yeah. three other people on stage. Because as that nerdy kid who was, um who, Helped found the college improv troupe at my college, <laughs> Cornish College. Yes, Cornish College. We were called Improvolution. Um, <laughs> we we placed in a, we placed in a national competition. We didn't win in the end, but we did place, and oh we God, got to this, go to Chicago and perform
1: at Second City. This needs to be the, a movie you write. So it's like it's like Pitch Perfect, <laughs> but it's your like college improv thing, and then, uh, then you make three sequels, and you're like you're living on a farm in Michigan. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, doing improv on stage, live in front of an audience with other people, is not as easy as you'd think it would be. So,
1: Evie kind of wisely says, Hey, why don't we script this out? Why don't we Mm -hmm. make plans? And they're kind of like, "Mm," resistant. And then we get to the performances, and you can kind of tell. The most awkward
0: thing in an improv that's going wrong is when people talk over each other. And then it becomes confusing and muddled. And then they were Another thing is they were all on different wavelengths, I felt. Yeah. You know, like Evie was doing kind of a very stylized characterization yeah. that she had created while other people were just kind of playing themselves more. Yeah. And then every every time you cut to Vanjie, she's just doing that weird thing with her arms, you <laughs> know? <laughs> yeah. And it was just in contrast to the other team who had choreography yeah. and they had rehearsed to the point where it looked like they were still having fun and they were still having moments off the cuff. Yep. But um, but it was cohesive. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bubbly Brooke. I'm Naughty Nina. And I'm Sugar Shablam Alakazam. Um. And together we are. The mighty tux. And it was entertaining from start to finish and there were no awkward yeah. train wrecks. You and know? they had
1: the benefit of, I do believe they had a the, the, you know, big benefit with Nina West on their team as someone who mounts shows mm-hmm. and knows this kind of, you know, kind of corny, campy humor and like, you know, how, how, how this little performance should go from A to B to
0: C to D. Yeah. And I think, you know, like as an audience member, um, for a moment, you might think, why is she trying to take over the challenge? But it's actually like... you. When you're in those moments and you only have, like, a day to put everything together, um, someone's got to take the lead, and it should be the person with the most experience in it, you know?
1: We are
2: the The Black Black Magic!
1: (laughs) And I will say, the other team, uh, the uh, Akira, Silky, Vanji. Um, EV team were kind of shaking up because they, they and they mentioned this in the show, like, oh our all our material was too dirty to perform. Because yeah. they I and I remember they was like, Okay, so what do you have? What do you have me you have plans for your pattery for your presentations? Yeah. And it was it was all filthy. Yeah. And, and like and filthy, funny humor is great, but it also has to be on TV. And it was like mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of like semen jokes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you're like, ah. Well, if you give Silky a pitcher of milk, <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> there aren't gonna be semen jokes. But um, I'd be disappointed if there weren't. I, I think, you know, it's it's something that you learn as a drag queen is how to do innuendo. Yeah. And that is many times more satisfying than just going. I mean, I'm filthy on stage, <laughs> um, but I find the mix between, you know, being blunt and crass and filthy for a purpose yeah. and then also using innuendo so it doesn't have to be in your face all the time. I think they could have found a way to still be filthy but also make it you know um tv appropriate yeah, yeah. but i think you know when you're in competition when you get given a note sometimes that that voice cancels out all other voices sure. in your head and so i wish someone would have told them don't throw the baby out with the bathwater," right. but you know do what you can to make this a little more universal for people
1: <laughs> yeah and then i'm not going to dig too deep on the actual performances because um, mm-hmm. they kind of go by it it's, it's it's a lot to take in um but yeah nina's team is very presentational and fun and also i, I love i love all the looks that show up because clearly they were told bring something for a magic show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just seeing their different magic show looks lots of like bow ties and like tails yeah. It's, it's real cute. It
0: was really well done. I love Nina's Klaus Nomi shoulder pads. <laughs> and it was like Brooklyn had the perfect magician's assistant totally. outfit. And Sugar, all three of them had like cohesive outfits. Yeah. And that was just another thing that stood out for that team versus the other team. Because yeah. there was a little bit of a consensus in costumes yeah. on Team Black Magic, but ultimately everyone was wearing their own costume and yeah. they hadn't really thought about how they were going to gel on stage. Yeah. So.
1: True. True. I mean, and they had this, they had a story they wanted to kind of like, Oh, we're all going to a barbecue mm-hmm. or we're a troupe that we perform at barbecues. Yeah.
0: I did. I mean, <laughs> they all had great costumes. Yeah. I loved that. It seemed like miss Vangie was like, and now for us all to cover ourselves in glitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Cause
0: it's magic. You can't say magic without glitter. <laughs> there
1: okay. So in a few minutes, we're going to go on a calf tangent. Because the runway's coming. But first, it's break time. And when we get back, we're going to get some Hocus Pocus and enjoy some sleight of hand. And we're going to pull a duck out of Jinx's back. <laughs> That's not even how that goes. <laughs> but why not? Hey, kitty girls. Are you in need of more dragony shows and programming in your life? Well, then check out WoW Presents Plus, the network featuring the best of WoW Presents and of World of Wonder's massive library of shows, series, and specials. You can get appropriate with Trixie and Katya, Get schooled by Jasmine Masters and her master class. Plus lots of jush from queens like Jinx Monsoon, Bob the Drag Queen, and many, many more. It's just 3 dollars a month or 39 dollars a year to subscribe. And listen, you just spent that much on a Diet Coke and some chicken tenders. So please head to wow-presents.com now to sign up and get your life. Yes, that's wow-presents.com. Thank you. We are back, and it's time for This Day and Drag Race Herstory. And first, we're celebrating birthdays. The air date of this show, Thursday, May 2nd, is the birthday of a season two queen who introduced a new new generation to scurvy.
0: That's Pandora Box. Yes, ding, 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 (laughs) raspberries.
1: And also from season two, celebrating a birthday on Friday, May 3rd, when this podcast appears, is a beautiful, gorgeous person, formerly from Atlanta, who lost a lip sync to Morgan McMichaels, which is crazy because in that lip sync, I mean, Morgan's amazing. She's uh-huh. tumbling. She's turning flips. It, it's one of the most, it's, it's a great performance, but Morgan was dubbed to have the, one of the tightest lip syncs ever. Anyway, she now lives in Los Angeles. She appeared on the RuPaul's Drag Race Christmas special recently.
0: Is it, is it
1: so unique? It is so unique, Wow. Who's truly one of the sweetest and just like most stunning so individuals.
0: So sweet. One um, night I, um... Can't remember what gig we were doing, but we were all done with our gigs that night and Sonique and I went out to karaoke Mm -hmm. and she has an amazing singing voice and we just sat and talked for hours about trans rights, the direction our community is going in and what we hope to see for the world and our work as advocates. And then she got up and sang. It was just the most perfect evening with Miss Kylie Sonique. Oh my God, (laughs) I want
1: one of those. (laughs) Happy birthday, Sonique and Pandora. Um. (laughs) Now more than ever, because you're here, it's my Soon season. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to you about your history. In 2006, you appeared as a lead dancer in the world's largest drag queen chorus line.
0: Yeah, it was a fundraiser for um, the Queer Youth Resource Center that I used to frequent yeah. as uh, as a teenager. And so we had the idea to do um, the world's largest <laughs> drag queen chorus line. How many drag queens were
1: involved? I can't
0: remember. Not it 12. was over a hundred. <laughs> Three. It was over a hundred, <laughs> but we, we got all the professional drag queens in town. Mm-hmm. first and then we mm-hmm. collected a ton of drag Yeah, um, and there was a criteria like they had to be in heels a wig, um, women's garments and have makeup on but it didn't say they had to look stunning or anything. right? So right. we had an open call and even that day in the city square anyone just spectators yeah, could come down to these tents we had set up and uh. get into quick drag and in the end we had um, I don't know how many but uh, over a hundred yeah. and um while um the portland um grand high witch darcell 15 Ooh, she right. was the grand marshal and she was at the very center um i was you know i had a big hand in coordinating the yeah. whole thing so i got to kind of host and and lead the chorus line yeah. so um it, it was- it was a great experience. Does Darcel
1: still perform?
0: <laughs> yes, I. You know she's she's old. She's um, in her eighties now, and she's had some knee replacements recently. You know she had the knee replacement that stuck. That's what she said. So yeah, she's still performing. She has a bar called Darcel's yeah. in Portland, Oregon. It's an institution, uh, and I got to see her again at Wigstock oh, um, in two 2000- thousand. 18 Wigstock put on by Neil Patrick Harris yeah, you know yeah. in New York City. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you have appeared as Angel in Rent. Mm-hmm. Who is a better Angel? You or Valentina? I unfortunately have yet to see Valentina's
0: <laughs> performance, so I'm going to say no comment. I will say that I had a very profound experience yeah. doing Rent because I was not really, Rent was the first musical I had ever seen, but at like nine years old, I didn't yeah. understand any of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it had never really been my my musical that yeah. I jammed out to because I'm more into like Sondheim than yeah. to like a um, pop rock musical, but yeah. When I did the show, getting thrown into the show... Actually, I was... I jumped right from filming Drag Race into rehearsals for Rent. Because I had basically gotten cast in Rent and cast on Drag Race at the same time. And so without giving away any pertinent information, I made a deal with the theater to Uh let me keep the role, even though I was going to miss like two weeks of rehearsal, which is unheard of at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. So they let me do Drag Race. I missed about a week and a half of rehearsal. I jumped right into rehearsal. So that means on all my days off while we were filming Drag Race, I was learning my lines and learning my songs. Oh my God. Because I had to be off book when I got there there because
1: you're not under enough pressure yeah
0: but it was actually nice because after filming i needed that distraction i needed something to be focused on other than like fretting about how everything was going to turn out yeah so that's real getting thrown into rent um you know it's it was a profound experience because it is it is like a, a snapshot of what life was like yeah. during the AIDS epidemic in uh, in the early '90s, and I think it's important to remember, you know, that things weren't always how they are right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: For better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Angel's such a great role to play. And yeah. um they really they kind of styled Angel after me, not only as a drag queen, but out of drag. They yeah. styled Angel after me. And I was, I think to this day, the only um the only white ginger haired <laughs> angel ever to take to the stage, which you can have whatever feelings you have about that. <laughs> but um we did colorblind casting. So basically, you know, it was a very diverse cast, but yeah. no one was of the ethnicity of the original, original cast. cast. Yeah. Like our Collins was Filipino yeah. and, um, and I was as white as a ghost. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Okay.
1: Here's one for you. Which drag race girl has the best feet?
0: That's a loaded question for me. I don't know if you know certain things about me or not. That's why I'm asking. I don't, I don't know if I know how to answer that. Know, again, um, there's a lot of girls. Also, just like as someone who has a fair weather foot fetish, I can tell you the last person's feet I'm looking at are a drag queen's. Our feet are mangled yeah, and destroyed fair. from years and years. Um, that is fair. So I'm just going to abstain from answering
1: that question. I, I, I can appreciate that.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Who's the funniest drag
1: race girl?
0: Um, ooh, um, I'm going to answer this based on dressing room conversations yeah. rather than on stage, because we know who's the funniest yeah. on stage. But the, pers- the people who can crack me up the most backstage are Sharon Needles and Alaska, <laughs> especially if it's the two of them together. Oh, my God, yeah. They are still so close, yeah. you know, after years of having a relationship together and then they're still best friends they've just got all of these bits worked out between the two of them yeah occasionally i join in you know the three of us pretty much annoy every other person we have to share a dressing room <laughs> with but we're having a blast
1: <laughs> oh good okay i'm gonna get us back to this episode because i i, I want to just keep talking to you about but, but like we can't runway looks is caftangelic it's <laughs> it's caftantastic category <laughs> is Caftan, realness. Did you have favorites of the of the caftan looks? And I'm gonna honey mahogany <laughs> <laughs> forever. Uh, she was watching this thing like, damn you. Yeah, Aww.
0: I I have really come to love a caftan. Yeah, um, I said that this episode was sponsored by Lady Bunny. Yeah, um, who can be seen in a new Netflix series? Um, Lady Bunny stars in uh, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate caftans. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Heights had my favorite look of the evening. Yeah. And the look that I would most want to wear, even yeah. though um, she's wearing it basically nude and I'd be wearing, you know, six layers of undergarments to to give the same body story that she's giving <laughs> us. But hers was definitely something that I would love to wear. I would have loved to wear Evie's look, just not in yellow. Yeah. Um, because when you're mm. as when you're <laughs> When you've got this alabaster complexion, any citrus <laughs> colors just turn you the color of that
1: <laughs> garment. I, I also loved Rue's look this mm-hmm. episode. Her kind of like ginger, sort of oh, like I wavy hair. I love
0: Rue in that that honey brown auburn yeah. color because, of course, Rue is an iconic blonde. But when she wears yeah. that honey brown color, and it's just like seamless yeah. from her beautiful skin into her gorgeous hair, it's. It's breathtaking. I loved Nina's look. I loved Nina's because it was the most iconic. Like when you think caftan, that's what you think. I was getting like
1: Carol Kane as Mrs. Roper. I I loved how mad Ross got about Akira's not caftan jumpsuit. Oh,
0: it's it's upsetting (laughs) because I guess I see where she's coming from that like there are such things as panted caftans. I don't know if they're called that or not. But it was it was just like the only one that went down the runway where you're like, well, that's not a caftan. (laughs) Um, I also liked Silkies a lot. Yes. Yes. I'm not too into this fad of the big balls of hair. (laughs) I I felt like just the color scheme of Silkies look with the big balls of hair. I don't know what I think she looked like, but she looked like something from Beauty and the Beast, like an inanimate object that was brought to life, <laughs> like whether she's anal beads or like a, a, a little like um
1: yeah, it's like a topiary, yeah, but like I, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. I don't know, yeah. And I love Vangie's kind of just like simple shiny mm, sort Boca of baton. animal yeah, Yes. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're gonna get the, we get some decisions, we get some critiques. Michelle to Vanjie says she loves her caftan, but she wants Vanjie to keep elevating beyond Vanjie, like we were talking Mm -hmm. about before. And I get it, but I'm also like, I almost don't want to say like, don't over have her overthink everything too much. Like, it's like, don't put a leash on a unicorn. I think it's just
0: in the spirit of being in competition. Yes. Because here's the thing is when you go see a Vanjie show, if you're going to go see Vanjie in a production, Vanjie at the bar doing a guest appearance or where wherever you're going to go see Vangy you're yeah. going to want to see Miss Vangy but when you're in a competition it's like you have to be as versatile as the most versatile girl in the room Fair, so to- even totally. if you are very strong in yourself and you've got a very you know strong brand that you're putting forth yeah. you will be outshone by someone who's able to transform each week and really yes. meet the criteria of each challenge yeah. and each runway challenge as you were. I I had my moments. I mean, I was, (laughs) I feel like I was very transformative in the challenges. And then on the runway, I um, had a big obstacle to overcome. (laughs) I I mean, the best advice I was given on my season was like, you're allowed to do tacky, um, outrageously ugly outfits if that's part of your character but make sure it's a head to toe full realization of the look you're wanting to portray because if you're just wearing a weird looking dress and a weird looking wig and they don't necessarily tell the same story then you're going to fall short next to someone like you know roxy andrews or alaska who um even though they had such distinct styles from each other they were always giving a hundred percent of the story they were trying to tell right
1: well we get to uh judges results critiques deliberations and our winner spoiler alert is nina west yes very well deserved very well deserved team black magic stumbles we end up with vanji in the bottom mm-hmm. and other team, Sugar ends up in the bottom just because she didn't stand up as well as her, her co-stars. And this is one
0: of the first times I've disagreed with um, who is in the bottom. Yeah. I'm normally right there with the judges <laughs> uh, in complete agreeance. agreement, Agreement? Agreance? <laughs> Agreance. Um, but I felt like the team that did well did so well that— all three of them should Should've have been, been exempt. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it should have been the weakest two from Team Black Magic. That's just my opinion. But if they were if what they set out to do was pick the weakest from each team, mm-hmm. then I think, you know, that that worked.
1: Yeah. Nevertheless, our bottom two are Sugar and Vanji and the song mm-hmm. is No More Drama, mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige and they both perform well Vanjie, You, Vangie, it's, it's like her guts are on stage Yeah,
0: um, and watching the jewelry fly off yeah. In the um, crescendos of the music was <laughs> You can't plan that kind of stuff That's just one of those um, It's like there are certain things that are so satisfying in a lip sync for your life. Like when both girls do a death drop at the same time Mm -hmm. as if they rehearsed it, but there's no way they could have rehearsed it, you know? And I guess jewelry flying off is now my new favorite thing. (laughs) Because she had so many bangles on, and it was like, they didn't all fly off at once. It was like, one bangle here.
1: (laughs) It was a story of, it was like a mini series. Yeah, it was really good. Flying bangles. And Vanjie, and Vanjie stays. Mm Mm-hmm. So we bid a, a, a sad farewell to Miss Sugar Cane.
0: Yeah, I really liked Sugar on yeah. this season. I I really, I fell in love with her through her confessionals. Yeah, and then. I just, I think she's got so much know-how in her drag and she's, she's really put a lot of time and
1: thought into her drag persona. Yeah.
0: So I'm excited to see her on All Stars, I guess. (laughs) Bring
1: it, bring on, Sugar. Where can we see you next?
0: All of the month of May, um, Peaches Christ and Bendelecreme and my music partner, Major Scales, and I are starring um, in... Drag Becomes Her, a drag parody of the movie Death Becomes Her. I play Meryl Streep. Yeah, um, it's so good. Ben Alicrem plays Goldie Hawn. Peaches Christ plays Isabella Rossellini. And Major Scales plays Bruce Willis. And yeah. I, I absolutely love doing this show, mainly just because I get to attack Dela with a shovel. <laughs>
1: um,
0: uh, but we we did it in America. Now we're doing it in the UK. And then we'll probably bring it back to America at some point. Um, I'll also be... In Provincetown, Mm -hmm. um, the gay resort town, Provincetown, doing a brand new show called Together Again, Again (laughs) with my music partner, Major Scales. And I'm really excited about this show because it's set 45 years in the future. It's Jinx and Major in their 70s doing a retrospective of their career. But since it's 45 years from now, it's a retrospective. (laughs) Of things that haven't happened yet. Good. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, uh, Dela and I wrote a, a wonderful holiday show that we toured all through the States last uh, December. So we're doing that again, starting in the UK in November Ooh. and then bringing it back to the States for the month of December. It doesn't have a title yet because we're going to be writing it this summer, but uh, it's just a two-woman show, myself and Dela, And we tackle the holidays in a way that only two highly anxious, paranoid, <laughs> perfectionist people. Uh,
1: Pacific Northwest drag queens hand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a loaded. It's a loaded pairing, but we um we do really well together.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I would have loved to have seen to Jesus. Thanks for everything. To Jesus. Thanks for everything. Jinx and Dela. Yeah, which
0: is the title we landed on after like <laughs> twenty twenty uh, missed bullseyes. We had things like mistletoe. She better don't. <laughs> Jesus already done had his. Uh-huh. Um. Oh my god. Uh, I. Really wanted it to be um, all I want for Christmas is attention. <laughs> yeah,
1: Kiki and Herb in New York, Justin, Vivian Bond, and Kenny Melman when they would perform. They they always had Christmas shows, and they always said mm-hmm. their their titles are my favorite thing. One because they were always like crazy people. Mm-hmm. So one, just one was just Do you hear what I hear? <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, I mean, one of the hardest things about coming up with a title for your holiday drag show yeah. is that Jackie Beat has already come up with every good title. Oh,
1: and every good song and every parody every, and oh, yeah. she's yeah, yeah. beyond genius. Yeah, she has a, she she did an amazing song to the tune of Carly Rae Jepsen call me maybe. Perhaps you've heard it called Vegan Gravy. Mm-hmm. And we were, she's you know, in the story, in the song, she's invited to some vegan's house for Thanksgiving and she's bitter and she's like, I don't want your, you know, vegan gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am.
0: Um, I loved, um, jell was my favorite side. <laughs> my grandma made it, but that bitch died. <laughs> I love that it, it's May and we're talking
1: about Christmas. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm that queen. I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much, Jinx Monson. Thank you, John Polly. Okay, so before we go, we do have a special guest I want to bring out. Someone who is known to many as Kamikaze Monsoon But also Comedian Nick Sahoya Hi Hi, hi, (laughs) Let me just stop talking hi
3: Nice (laughs) to see you Uh, Thank you for having me I listen every week in my (laughs) Weekly Drag Race withdrawals. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a
1: lot. There's so much out It's kind of punishing. There's, like, so many Drag Race-related
3: things to listen to. Oh, I need to. more.
0: Yeah, Nick is a Drag Race fan and also watches every episode,
3: like, three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you got to watch it right the next morning because you don't really remember the first time.
1: Yeah, It's true. Especially if, you, especially if you're, like, watching a, in a bar or something, which yeah. is... One of the best ways to watch it? Oh, oh, you're so right. fun.
0: I love watching it as a community experience. Yeah. We went and saw it in San Francisco at Hecklina's Bar Oasis. Oh. And um, and that was the Snatch Game episode yeah. that you were on. So it was really fun because I was in full drag because I had been doing a photo shoot earlier that day. So I kept it on and went and really felt my oats watching myself on <laughs> TV again. <laughs> but the whole bar was like, you know, it, it was fun being in a bar full of people who were like excited to see me on TV and yeah. hearing them react in the Real time.
3: (laughs) And just getting to see that lip sync with like a crowd. Oh my
1: god. That was what I I didn't watch that one in a bar and that was the one thing I was sad about. It was it was a life changing experience. Everyone (laughs)
3: immediately started chanting Double Save. Like it was just the energy was so clear. Everyone was into it.
1: And our fan may also know both of you from Cool Mom. Cool Mom.
0: 29 years ago, I gave birth to a gay homosexual son, and I try to be an active part of his life. Because I'm not your average, typical mom. I'm a cool mom.
1: (laughs) And how did you meet? We Aside from birth.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so the funny thing about the whole mother-son thing is it's just always been in our it's just always been our relationship with me as a drag queen and him as he used to do you know um drag boy drag drag, um (laughs) at the nightclubs and we would um perform some lip syncs together yeah and then immediately we did sweeney todd to a bunch of like 18
3: year olds who had no idea
0: so we started performing together and then he he had this idea for us to do a web show That was about Jinx Monsoon living at home with her three drag children. (laughs) And I had two drag daughters at the time. Both of them have now um, either retired from drag or just took on new names because I don't know. They didn't want to be associated with me. (laughs) But Nick has always played um, Kamikaze Monsoon. And, you know, it's this weird is this weird unaddressed thing is he actually my biological son mm. am I a woman who was born a woman who does drag or am I a drag queen who's just brainwashed this person into thinking he's her son and it's all of those things all at once
3: That's a, <laughs> it's the magic and the mystery of drag yeah. I think yeah
0: the less you have to keep track it just is yeah he's just my son Yeah, but we are the same exact age so it's funny sometimes <laughs> when we're doing cool mom because we'll talk about things that we both relate to because we grew up at the same time yeah. but then i have to tack on
3: 20 years and pretend that i'm like learning about it from him (laughs) you're just one of those moms
1: who lives through her children oh absolutely
3: yeah it's great we used to go out in seattle together and i would say this is my mom and people would be like this is your mom she's so young and glamorous yeah (laughs) people would just believe it it would always be the
0: drunk straight girls who came out to the bar with their gay best friend who would always (laughs) just take it at face value and be like. that you go to clubs with your mom
3: <laughs> and also like every third tweet like towards a cool mom post on twitter is like jinx has a son
0: yeah <laughs> how old is jinx i gave birth to him when i was two months old
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> nick what is jinx's best quality
3: I mean, her singing voice. Her worst quality is that she can't turn it off. But <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> and, and Jinx, what is it? What is Nick's best and worst quality?
0: Um, his sense of humor is definitely his best quality, and um, he's a very you know, for an only child, he's actually very generous.
3: That's um, with the only child thing. Oh, because true. you're
0: just so different from me fundamentally. <laughs> but um, I'm the oldest of three. He's the baby. Uh huh. Because there's no one else. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you've been in the, some of the peach, peaches. Christ Productions. Yeah, I, mean, I recently did um,
3: Mean Gays. Yeah. I got to play Aaron Samuels, and uh, Danny Franzese came to the Late Show and saw it, oh, so yeah. that was pretty neat. He came up on stage for the curtain call.
0: He played Max in Hokum-Pokum. Yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah,
3: and then um, in Bianca Del Rio's Sheetal Juice, uh, me and my good friend Mackenzie from way back in the baby drag days. Yeah. Uh she and I played Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Oh
1: my god, good, fun. What is your role in the in the in the drag universe? Huh. Um,
0: Um, he, uh, besides, you know, being my co-star and cool mom, I refer to him as my comedy partner because now that I've kind of, you know, with the haters roast, uh, doing like you know, real stand-up comedy. All of my jokes are long form jokes. You know, yeah. they're more based off of stories. Um, so he helps me take things that I find funny and write snappy jokes out of them. So, you know, he and I write my set together for The Haters Roast every year. So it's a, a perfect blend of our two comic sensibilities. Yeah. He helps me hone in on what's funny about my long run on <laughs> stories.
3: That's useful. Yeah. Also, no, um, I did it for Ben this year too, because yeah. Ben joined the haters Dela. We yes. got to um sit down and write jokes together and yeah. she's very funny.
0: Yeah. So it's it's fun to get to see him um branching out in different ways and then as his best friend and also, you know, of someone with a vested interest in his career going well. (laughs) And and you live
1: in San Francisco. Yes. And you're all over the place.
0: Yeah, we live together in San Francisco. It's me and him, um, our best friend Kenny and his boyfriend Alec who also is a talented photographer who's been taking a lot of my promo shots lately. So you're
1: based in San Francisco now? Yeah,
0: we live in Ah. San Francisco. Um, We're talking about moving to L.A. possibly in 2021. I really love it in San Francisco but I love living With my best friends more than I love living by the beach in San Francisco. So if they all want to move to L.A., I'll just set it up and do it it in the backyard.
3: (laughs) It'll be just as good. But um,
1: will you be at DragCon? I
3: will be at DragCon. Yeah, even though I won't this year. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be representing the whole house of monsoon. So (laughs) I'm going to have to get extra drunk. I guess (laughs) he's drinking for two this year.
1: (laughs) I do want to. Okay, did you mention it? How much does one drink during a hater's roast? Oh well, this is because oh, I just heard that everyone's hammered.
3: Well, they always put her first because they know if they put her last. <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs>
0: I, if I have to deliver a show. I'm not going to have my drinks until after the work's done. But on Haters Roast, it's like I always open. And then I'm sitting on stage with nothing else to do but drink. So sure. I maybe had one or two nights on this last tour where I was... Pro- <laughs> I, know, I mean, like, we all will drink and we'll all cut up and have fun. But, you know, I think only two nights in, in the many, many shows we did, I think I was visibly drunk on the stage. <laughs> because it's kind of one of those things, someone tells a joke about me, and then I'm like... Like, you're going to say that? give me a drink I need another drink you know and it yeah. becomes a bit but it's real alcohol so at a certain point the bit takes over and right. it stops being a bit and just starts being a cry oh, that, for help that so. happened a lot
3: when we were shooting back in the day because our characters <laughs> would always be drinking and instead of just putting water in a vodka bottle we would be like well it's easier if we just, we drink, just drink the vodka, the vodka. Yeah. so by the end of the shoot we would almost always do the whole episode in one day Yeah, <laughs> we would be very wasted and now that's and start drunk, editing. Like,
1: drunk history and yeah and,
3: Yeah, and Actually, and, and we thing. invented that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> know
0: we've been doing um we we used to do a web show that was completely independent by the two of us but um it was
1: called monsoon
3: season it's on my vimeo if you yeah. haven't seen it
1: finally um, we'll wrap up what is a dream project for the, the two of you would like to do together we have been kicking
0: around the idea of doing a monsoon season movie we have a
3: 80 percent their script but can. we've also been like if someone wants to do it as a web series we can just do little sketches out of we'd it we'd love to break pitch it, it
0: as a netflix series or yeah. something and it's kind of like um it's three movie spoofs um, mixed into one <laughs> it's like a little
3: heartbreaker it's a little
0: heartbreakers because we're going to be a mother-son um con Con artist duo Right And then it's a little bit It's like a road trip movie It's also It has road trip Aspects to it <laughs>
1: The guilt trip I And then it's way. also A little yeah, bit Connie
0: little bit and Carla trip. You yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to team up With WoW And then take it to Netflix You know well, I can yeah. be the next Alyssa Edwards Yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. I can do it too. Yeah, well, third you're, one was you're me. Way better than me, so. I just right. have a stronger tongue. Years of practice. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank, thank you, John. Yes, Great and to be here. we'll see you at DragCon. We'll see you all over the planet, ma'am. Yes, thank you. World domination is in my grasp. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you, Jinx Monsoon and Cool Mom co-star comedian Nick Sahoya. Two true originals. Thanks, Jinx, for sharing your drag race insider perspective with us. You can follow Jinx at Jinx monsoon duh and nick can follow at sahoya s-a-h-o-y-a-h spelling spelling to keep track of all their exploits and tasty goings on. so give them, give them a follow much like the theme of this week's episode they are magic Now, to wrap up this monsoon sized podcast, we do have a kitty girl catch up with our sweet, sweet queen who pulls a vanishing act this week, New York's own extra special confection, Miss Sugar Cane. And here she is. Hello. 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 Is this Sugar Shablam Alakazam? Ah! (laughs)
2: Yes, it is. What's up, John? How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
2: You know, I'm good. Um, (laughs) This week was a rough one. It's a tough pill to swallow, but um, I'm doing good. I'm really, you know, living my life.
1: Are are you making magic?
2: (laughs) Um, I'm making uh, amazing magic. Better magic than I guess I did in a challenge, but amazing magic.
1: (laughs) Your team was cute. The other team, they were, like, a little messy, but, like, nobody did, like, a horrible job. It's one of those things, I guess, you get down to the wire and just things get, like, you never know what to expect.
2: That is true. We had a really good time. I love, like, magic and magic shows. It was cool.
1: I know. They put you in a box.
2: They did put me in a box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where are you right now?
2: I am uh, in a car in New York City. I just got finished filming a little fun ditty with Miss Honey Davenport.
1: um, That's so glamorous. You're just going from, like, photo shoot to photo shoot to engagement to engagement.
2: I know. The life of a a drag superstar. But I am sick right now because I literally ate, like, a whole piece of cake. We were filming this thing about food, and, like, I I went in, honey. We were eating all this cake, and now I'm paying for it. (laughs) So
1: clearly this was not a cake you baked.
2: This wasn't a cake I baked, but it was very good. What was the last thing you (laughs) baked? Oh, my God. It really has been a long time. I think the last time I baked was a year ago what? it has been some time yeah baking takes a lot of time so,
1: i was hoping if um, i when i come see your show i'll get like a nice souffle or some ooh. like
2: profiteroles well if you're going to come to my show you let me know and i will definitely bake you something
1: <laughs> what um, is your signature dish what is your go to
2: my go to is my chocolate cake ooh. it is like death by chocolate it's very moist and then it's got like a beautiful like chocolate buttercream frosting it's it's my jam
1: is it is that frosting a ganache
2: uh, no, it's much more tastier and definitely sweeter.
1: <laughs> okay, so now, if you're ever flipping the script, who should have disappeared in this challenge instead of you?
2: Oh, who should have disappeared in this challenge instead of me? Um, well, let me just say this. The other team was, uh, compared to our team, think the other team was really really bad um <laughs> i'm trying to remember i mean we nailed it i think we did so good um so i think of the other team i mean evie flopped hardcore Vanty flopped hardcore i think either of those two probably could could have been good ones to to sashay away instead of me
1: alakazam now do you think and, this, and you can tell you can tell me if i'm completely out of my mind Were you, like, were you, talking too sane and sensible for Drag Race? Because, like, you know, the queens, a lot of these queens just like the drama and, like, making noise.
2: You know, I think there's two things to this, I think. One is that I'm an old-ass queen, and, like, (laughs) like, I'm just old in the sense of, like, the drama for me, I've been there, done that, and I just didn't want, like, any part of it. So, like, I'm not a, I don't create drama, you know, I'm just not a part of it. But I think, like, as I'm watching the show and as I'm seeing everything, I realize that, like, I missed a lot of that stuff, and I wasn't a part of it because I legit was, like, so concerned about, like, doing well and trying to do well for the judges. So, like, whatever the critiques were that week, I was, like, the following week, I was, like, how do I do this? Like, how do I take their critiques and and make it better? And so, like, I was, like, really – I was working really hard, you know? It was such an amazing experience. And like, I watch it now and I'm like, who is that little queen? I don't, even, I don't even remember her anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, where do you live in New York city?
2: I live in Harlem. We, it, I live literally like drag, drag, uh, queen central. Like everyone lives in Harlem. Dusty Ray Bottoms lives around the corner from me. Uh, Peppermint lives up by us. When we go down to 125th to get our stuff, like I literally run into so many girls. It is hilarious. Yeah, it's Y'all fun. need to do
1: a show of the Apollo.
2: That would be amazing, actually.
1: So now you're, you're in Reno this weekend.
2: I'm in Reno. It's Cinco de Mayo. So I'm doing a lot of like, uh, like Latin parties. And I'm so excited.
1: You gamble, girl?
2: I do, honey. I'm going to be hitting them penny slots. <laughs> I learned from the best. My mom's a huge penny slaughter. So hopefully uh, she'll give me some good juju and I can uh, win some money, girl.
1: Some quick word association for you. Okay. Vanjie.
2: Loud. <laughs>
1: Brangie.
2: Oh, Lord. that was it that was Um, it I would say brands don't brands don't I will say the assistant (laughs) will make you sick
1: Dr. Ganache
2: um I'm at a loss for words
1: oh my gosh you're the only one
2: (laughs) you know I will say very young okay
1: Ariel Versace
2: yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> so now, okay, now you've been in like deep in the drag trenches for like more than just this last year but do you miss your no. old job do you miss like a stable job
2: hell to the no no absolutely not i've missed the paycheck but i do not miss that job um it's so funny because we've uh we shoot content sometimes for like different online people and we go to their corporate offices and i literally am like thank god i'm no longer like in any of it i just I love performing. I love the art of drag. I love being able to, like, meet the kids and just, like, l- like do my own thing.
1: What was your job
2: exactly? I was a director of media production, so I uh, produced uh, media for, like, education. I hope the kids learn about science and math.
1: You could be, you can be like, the drag Bill Nye. Hey,
2: I might. You never know. Science queen. I mean, I don't know about science, but, you know, <laughs> I could fake it.
1: Uh, okay, so finally, I didn't know you had, like, an opera background, a music background. I
2: do, yeah.
1: I want you to sing us out of this interview. Do say this. goodbye in your best opera voice.
2: My driver is going to live for this, but I would say <laughs> I will see
1: you later there you go all right thank you honey <laughs> we'll see you at dragcon
2: alright you all right y'all bye-bye
1: thank you lady miss sugar cane and it's time to say bibbity bobbidi bye a big big thanks again to sugar and to jinx monsoon and nick sahoya for making podcast magic with us this week as always give us a lovely rating subscribe to us and please check out my weekly video extra lap recap of every drag race episode at youtube.com slash presents And make some magic in your own life this week. Go out and see your local drag queens. Tip them. Put a rabbit or a few bucks or roll of quarters in their hat or their pantyhose. And now to sing us out. It's the note that Miss Jinx Monsoon holds for longer than humanly possible in Can I Get an Amen from Season (gasps) 5. Breathe deep and sing us out, Jinxy. Ciao.